Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome to the program. Uh, my name is Rob Fox. I almost forgot it there. Uh, yeah. Joined, as always, by Dan Holloway. We have a very special guest today. Uh, former Buffalo Bills and uh, Indianapolis Colts GM, among other people, the man who drafted Peyton Manning. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bill Pullian on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yes, thanks for being on. Hey, that was a good call, by the way, drafting Peyton Manning. I don't know if anybody said that to you at all. but <laughs> There are a lot of people at the time of the draft who thought otherwise, including many in Indianapolis. Well, they all want to leave. Fortunately, it worked out well. Yeah, what they want? Ryan Leaf? Yes. Well, good lord. Yeah, I think we figured that one out by yeah. now. Right? What what uh, <laughs> what was the argument? I, I'm far enough removed from that that I don't remember. But like Peyton was kind of the anointed one, and Ryan Leaf seemed like this. That was dude 2001, who, right? His last year in Tennessee. No, it's 98. Oh, 98. 98. Okay. So that was their first year there, then. Yeah. Wow. That's correct. Not not a not a it, not a bad first swing. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the argument? The argument, the argument in a nutshell, was that Peyton was manufactured. They used some phrase called, well, he's a product of the system. I, I don't, to this day, I don't know what it means. Um, they also said he's got a weak arm, uh, very unathletic, not a natural athlete. And those that disliked him thought that he was a, uh, a creature of the media, uh, much like Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky was. when, it, Of course, Peyton's record was so much more extensive and stellar than Mitchell's, right. but much like Mitchell's Trubisky was the year he came out. He, he was manufactured by the draft industrial complex. And, um, and, and that's, those were the arguments. Ryan Leaf was a better athlete, a more natural thrower, had a stronger arm, was more accurate, was a more natural quarterback, none of which was true, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's what the Cognoscenti uh, as we approached, uh, let's say, February one of um, of uh, his uh, of his of their draft years, and then of course once we did all of our research, uh, including our scouts. By the way, when I came on there, I said to the scouts, I came on in December of '98, and you know most all of the scouting is done. The vast majority of it is done by then, and uh, and so um, I came on board and I, I took a survey. Nine scouts. Who do you like? Leaf for Manning. Uh, four for Manning, five for Leaf. So uh, it was split right down the middle. I, so I said, look, okay, let's, let's go back to the drawing board. We'll start from square one. I went to the video person and I said, give me uh, a reel of every pass that Peyton has thrown in his college career and every pass Ryan Leaf has thrown in his college career. And to show you where the Colts were at that time, just as Jim Irsay was taking over as the owner, uh, he said, we don't do that. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, we don't have the budget to do it. I said, just do it. I'll take care of the budget. <laughs> so uh, the, the, uh, um, when I went through the film, and, I, and there were over 500 passes, not as many for Ryan because he'd only really played two years. Um <laughs> Excuse me. Take your time. The uh, I forgot to turn the phone off. The um, uh, the bottom line was that um, Peyton was by far the more accurate, 
by far, by far the more poised and, and, and able to handle the National Football League. And, uh, and then we interestingly worked them out back-to-back days, flew down to uh, Tennessee and worked him out and uh, flew uh, over to uh, uh, Pullman. Washington State to yeah, uh, Pullman, Washington to work it out. And I remember standing on the field next to Tom Moore, who was our great offensive coordinator and still coaching in Tampa at, at 80 years of age or more. And, and I said to Tom, holy mackerel, Peyton's got a way stronger arm than Ryan Leaf. He said, you're not kidding. <laughs> so that kind of sealed the deal. And I think Bobby Bethard, who was, who was in uh, San Diego and had the next pick, sort of knew that, that that the decision was 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 coming because as we were walking into the workout we, we they didn't give us a private workout at least Steinberg was an his agent wouldn't give us a private workout uh, because um, Ryan had missed his uh, meeting with us at the at the combine and uh, and we took umbrage with it and uh, so um, Bobby came up to me and we, we were in the parking lot and he said hey you thinking about trading that pick? You want to trade with us? And I said, uh, I don't think so, but if we do, I'll give you a call. And I said to everybody in our group, as Bobby and his gang walked away, I said, we, we're making the right choice. Uh, <laughs> they know it too. <laughs> and unfortunately, it, that's the way it, for Bobby and for Ryan, that's the way it worked out. Well, I mean, it worked out for you pretty well. Uh, Peyton, yeah, had, Peyton had a great absolutely. career. I mean, you, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many people know this, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You got that trophy. Uh, I don't know how many people know this, but you've won more NFL executive of the year awards than any other, uh, general manager in history. Right. I think there's been one other person that won five and you've won six. So, yeah, that's correct. George Young won five and, and, and the award is named after him and rightly so. Right. Well, I mean, look, it could, it could be named after both of you at this point. And, uh, it, it's. I want to go back a little bit before Peyton because you were the uh, architect of that Bills team that went to four consecutive Super Bowls. Um, and what how, what was that? Prime, I'm sure this is painful enough to to remember. But uh, I mean, you put together some great teams there, and so, you know things happen the way they happen. I wonder, uh, did were you like a sacrificial lamb after they lost the fourth Super Bowl, or did you have enough? Like, man, I can't fucking do this again. If there was, um, if there was a sacrificial lamb, and I think that might have been three percent of the equation, mm. um, it, it was me. But that wasn't the issue. The issue was that when I came on board with Buffalo in 1984, there was a man named Dave Olson, a wonderful man who was the treasurer of the corporation, and as the treasurer, had a lot of say in 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 player contract expenditures, and. Uh, and, and he would come to me, usually around this time of the year, and say, let's put our heads together and, and see what numbers we come up with. So we worked, and he had a lot of sway. He, he was the, the second-ranking employee in the company, and uh, Ralph Wilson Enterprises. And so we worked together to bring in Jim Kelly, to sign Bruce Smith, to draft Thurman Thomas. He was a, he was a big part of that. Right, and he deferred always, and would tell Mr. Wilson, "Listen, Bill's the football expert here. We got to defer to him on football. Let's not argue about who the best player is. Bill knows who the best player mm-hmm. is." 
we, we, what we need to do is get to the right number. And, and Mr. Wilson was, went along with that. He went along with that totally. And then because of a, 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 I dare say, I don't think this is a, an exaggeration, a palace coup in Mr. Wilson's Detroit office. Dave was let go. Other high-ranking employees in the company with whom I had relationships and working uh, relationships was let go. And they were all replaced by a man named Jeffrey C. Litton. And he ended up staying in that position for 18 years. He's the reason there was an 18-year playoff drop, because uh, although he claimed otherwise 100 times, he wanted the final say on players. Uh, he wanted to choose the coaches. Um, I don't think he wanted the Bills to win. I think what he wanted to do was have them be uh, uh, competitive enough um, to make the sale price when the team was eventually sold when Mr. Wilson passed away. Now, Mr. Wilson, thank God, lived a long, long time um, after that. But, uh, you know, this is, this is my opinion. I, I don't, he didn't want to win, but he wanted to have a loud voice, albeit behind the curtain and unknown to the media, mm. and, and who was signed and who wasn't signed. And, the, and the, the example of that was when free agency came along in, in, in 94, um, Shane Conlon was let go. Um, uh, uh, gee, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Will Wolford was let go. Mm. Key players who were, who were, who were big-time contributors, uh, he just dismissed them. Not worth the money. That's what that would he'd always and I just couldn't live with that. And and the the uh working relationship between he and I didn't exist. Uh, we, we just we you know, we we didn't talk. Uh we were barely civil we were in, in each other's company. Um and he would play lots of games like saying I'm coming over and on a Friday afternoon and then and then not showing up until six o'clock in the off season. You know, I, I had another meeting, you know, stuff like that, mm. little, little nitpicky corporate games. And uh, so Mr. Wilson called me over to Detroit um, before the start of the 93 season and said, you know, this isn't working. I got to let you go. And, and I, and I said to him, okay, I understand completely. I'm terribly unhappy as well. It has nothing to do with you. Um, I'm very grateful for, what you've given me. And, um, and then um, I said, you know, if you do this now, this was on the eve of the season. We were actually going to cut it was the, the day after the last preseason game. I said, if you do this now, we have a chance to go to another Super Bowl and win another Super Bowl. If you do this now, it's going to be too big a story for Marv and the coaches and the players to overcome. It'll be a cause celeb. You don't need that. The team doesn't need that. And, and I don't need that. So why don't we think about we're agreed on what's going to happen. Don't announce it. Uh, you don't have a quarrel with my, with my job performance. And he said, no, I don't. So um, I said, let's hold it. And then we'll announce it the day after the Super Bowl. Win or lose. And he said, let me think about that. Uh, he said, that sounds like a good idea. So he drove me to the airport. I had to lend him $10 to buy gas because he didn't have gas in the car. <laughs> and uh, so uh, the next day he called me and said, you know, that thing we were thinking, talking about, I said, yes, sir. He said, let's do it. So uh, nobody, including my wife, 
knew that it was going to happen until sometime early in December when some people in the Detroit office or maybe even in the Buffalo business office who had relationships there, they had to get ready for my departure and what have you. Right. Um, it, it began to leak. But but until then, uh, it didn't upset the season. We went to the Super Bowl in 93, got our doors knocked off by the Cowboys. Uh, they were much the better team that day. But uh, the, the, you know, Marv, unbeknownst to me, he told me later, the night of the Super Bowl went to Mr. Wilson and pleaded, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And and Mr. Wilson said, no, you know, that decision's been made and Bill went along with it. That's the way it's going to be. And 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 so that's that's the way it was. But there is a happy ending. Um, long after that, maybe 10 years, I don't even remember how long it was. It was at least 10 years. Um, I was in, uh, on a plane going to San Francisco for a uh, a uh, hearing on a grievance. I think I was the, might have been 90, it, no, it wouldn't have been 95. I was with the Colts at the time, but it was a grievance. And and so I got off the plane and Scott Birch told the PR director of the Bills had, has, had a message on my phone, call immediately. Mr. Wilson wants to talk to you. And I thought, oh my God, maybe something's happened to him. Maybe he's, you know, he was up in years at that point in time. So I dialed the phone and his voice was, you know, he lost a lot of timber. So he, he, he wasn't speaking very loudly. And I was in the, in the baggage uh, place in, in San Francisco International Airport waiting for my bags. And he said to me, I wanted to be the first to tell you this. You were going on the Bills Wall of Fame this coming season. That's so good. There, was, there was a happy end. I like that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you guys, you've, you've been a part of some pretty good not pretty good. You've been you've been a part of a couple of great runs on two separate teams. Three. Uh, what, what's the other one? He took the Panthers to the NFC Championship when they were barely yeah, that's a true. team. That's true. Yeah, you were the first general manager of the Panthers, right? I was. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it ended up uh, like the the drafts were okay. They were good, mm-hmm. right? But the free agency moves you made made the Panthers pretty good right out of the gate. Like two year, two or yeah. three years in, they were like yeah. legitimately competing for for NFC championships. Yeah, Kerry Collins. I would say that guy. So that guy, that Bills guy, by the way, is that the way? Is that why Bills fans are the way they are now? Because he made them insane for eighteen years, and now they're <laughs> smashing their heads into tables. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I respect that at least. Um, he. All, by the way, what one thing I noticed on your on your. Uh, uh, incredible resume here uh not just a super bowl champion but a gray cup champion well that was yeah that was thanks to marv Levy. that was my my uh second year or second year in montreal as a scout uh after having a 10-year career as a small college coach uh my my, my college coach went there as a scouting director and, and and gave me a job and that was the uh, we were at the end of a great run that Marv had established in the, in the CFL. I love that. I'm a big. What's what's the difference in building a, a Canadian football team and an American football team? I don't even know the rules of Canadian football. You can. <laughs> I know the receivers can start running like they can get a running start. That isn't the end zone twice as big. Yes, the field is 125 yards long. Oh shit! And uh, and, and uh, 65 yards wide. 
the end zones are, are 25 yards deep. So, but the most important thing is that because of the rules, and rightly so, it's a Canadian game, um, over 60%, I think it's now 65% of your roster has to be Canadians. Mm. And then the, the remainder are what they call imports. So there's a, there is, you have to do as good a scouting job with Canadians and a drafting job with Canadians as you do with Americans. Wow. But the Americans basically play quarterback and, 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 and linebacker and defensive ends, and, you know, and wide receiver skilled positions. And, uh, and the Canadians uh, are in the rest, including the kickers who are, who are absolutely dynamic. I don't know why somebody, well, Mike Vanderjack did it for us in, in uh, Indianapolis, but I don't know why more Canadian kickers don't come down here and, and make it in, mm. in the NFL because they're, they're very skilled. Yeah, well, you got a ton of Aussies, Aussies doing it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. You drafted Pat McAfee, right? I did. Yeah, he's doing pretty well now. Yeah, yeah. he found his calling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could have been there at the draft combine for him because I guarantee you he was trying to try out for all the other positions. He's just, <laughs> he just loves fucking playing football so much. He's like, yeah. hey, I could, I could throw a quarterback. I could throw a ball, man. Let me throw it. And everyone's like, Pat, shut the fuck up, dude. Go, <laughs> just, go, uh, just go punt. Uh, so... What do you think about uh, how the game is, has changed over the last 10 years or so since you've been out? I mean, it's uh, like uh, this, this year is a good example of the taunting thing. I'm not sure how the older school people feel about, about this because players have been like in baseball, the old school guys are like, don't show anybody up. But football players have been showing each other up forever, now, right. like 40 years probably, right? So it's, how, what are your thoughts on all that and how things have changed? Well, um, I'm an old timer, so... I'm aligned with the coaches on the competition committee. I spent 20 years on the competition mm. committee anyway. I'm aligned with the, uh, with the uh, uh, competition committee on that because taunting does two things that are bad for the game. On the one hand, kids from age six at Pop Warner or seven when they begin playing emulate the NFL. That's why you see them running around with wristbands and all that kind of stuff. And so you don't want them emulating activities that, that, that are going to send them down the wrong road. Secondly, and equally important, uh, you start to get into a taunting contest, and pretty soon bad things happen. Fights break out, mm -hmm. et cetera. We don't want that. Nobody wants that. So in this case, the player is in firm control of whether or not he gets flagged. And the coaching point is make the play and walk away. Turn away from your opponent. Go celebrate with your teammates. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a little too much celebration from my liking, but I'm an old guy anyway. So, but but the, 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 the bottom line is make the play and walk away, and there won't be a problem. So you don't care, so, if, I'm sorry, you don't care if people do funny stuff, like to no, celebrate or whatever. No, 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 not at all. Like I, I enjoyed that. Uh, remember, who was it that – Put a cell phone in the. Was it T.O.? No, was Joe it? Horn. Oh, it was oh, Joe okay. Horn. Joe yeah. Horn. That was pretty but funny, that, to be honest, but I don't. Whatever. In that era, I'll tell you a funny story. Mm. We would close the season with Cincinnati it, it, the very same time as Joe Horn's deal was being spoken about. Yeah, what was that, 2007 or 8 or something? I think yeah, so. right around there. And um, uh, so we're playing Cincinnati in a preseason game. And Ocho, Ocho Cinco is not dressed, he's not going to play. So I walked over to him on the field and I said, Ocho, 
what do you got planned for the opener? And he said, oh, I can't tell you. But it's special. <laughs> so give me, a, I won't see the game. So, so give me a, give me sort of a sneak preview, a trailer, if you will. Mm. He said, it's going to involve marriage. <laughs> and that was the one where he supposedly had the Hall of Fame jacket on and, and, and then took it off and proposed to the cheerleader on the side. <laughs> yeah. It was all inaccurate. It wasn't for real. But I got a kick out of his stuff. <laughs> I yeah. really did. Uh, uh, Marvin Lewis was coaching the Bengals at the time, and he walked over to me. And he said, what were you talking to him about? And I said, I just wanted to find out what the next celebration was. He said, don't egg him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't need any egging on, by the way. It still, right. still doesn't. Uh, yeah. Great Twitter follow to this day. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he's a he's, funny dude. He's like if Jose Canseco knew how to spell and read and shit. Because <laughs> Jose, Jose Canseco is pretty funny, but I can't understand what he's saying half right. the time. Uh, Ocho knows what the hell's going on. Like he's an, he's an intelligent human being, I'll say that. Not a meathead. Uh, yeah, I've, I had a lot of fun um, watching those Colts teams. I especially had a lot of respect for uh, Marvin Harrison. For a guy that skinny, he would go over the middle like he didn't care if he lived or died. I've never seen anything like that uh, since, actually. Like, can yeah. you think of a smaller, not, not, not that he's short, but a smaller frame receiver I mean, that'll just go over the middle and take hits like that anymore? I remember Wes Welker getting pretty brutalized, but that was... Yeah. Yeah, it's true. A little bit uh, different, a little bit different body. Yeah, yeah. He's a little he, more uh, he's stout, compact. Yes. Yeah, yeah. As he, is Edelman. You know, Marvin was so competitive that along about our third or fourth year in Indianapolis, he made one of those catches over the middle mm. and got laid out mm. because he was running for a you know running for more yardage. And I think a, a fumble ensued anyway because of the big hit. If I'm not mistaken, it was against San Diego, and so. Tony and I talked it over, and Tom Moore talked talked it over after the game, and we said, you know, we got to talk to Marvin about this. So we sat him down and said, Marvin, look, no one's more courageous than you, but you know what? The most important ability is availability. Yeah, no <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 we need you on the field. So no more runs after the catch on shallow crosses. Okay, <laughs> go down, baby, go down. Yeah. We need you there for the rest of the game. So he kind of changed his game uh, in that regard and, of course, had a long and great Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I think eight straight seasons of 1,000 yards or more, that's, that's, not a yes. bad, that's not a bad run. Not a bad right. run at all. I mean, it helps having Peyton Manning throwing the ball to you, I suppose. Yeah, not, not to – uh, Edron James in the backfield and stuff like that. Those, right. are, all good. Those are all positives. <laughs> that was, uh, and Reggie Wayne on the other side of the field. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of stuff going on in that team. That was a really good team. It was. It, fe- it felt like – I guess you could probably say maybe like the first like modern team was the greatest show on turf Rams, but the Colts still felt like a pretty ahead of its time offense as opposed to. Yeah. Especially when you think about who the co I mean, Tony Dungy was known for creating the defense in, in Tampa Bay that won them a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. He's not, a, not that he is incompetent offensively, but he's not the, the, he, he's not, uh, what's his name in, in Tampa Bay now? God damn it. I can't remember. Arians. Yeah. He's not Bruce, Bruce Arians. Yeah, he's not Arians. He's not like right. a air it out kind of guy. He's a defense guy. And then he comes in and you've got weapons like the four people I just mentioned. And now it's like, all right, cool. I guess this is going to be pretty exciting. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised that, that the Colts didn't win more, to be honest, in that time period. But it's so hard to win Super Bowls in the NFL. It's so, it, the, the, the number of teams that have even won back to back and what 
the modern era, like after 1970, mm-hmm. is what, like four teams have done it, I think? I think, yeah. Three or four. Yeah. Patriots, Broncos. I can't. I'm, Cowboys. Cowboys. That might. And I think the Steelers in the mid 70s. Okay. Won two in a row because Bradshaw had four. I think they won like 76 and 77 or 77, 78 or something like that. I don't remember, but it's, it's difficult to win more than one Super Bowl in a couple of year period. Yeah. Um, Look at the Chiefs. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like we saw it with, in the NBA with the Warriors going to all those finals in a row and LeBron going to all those finals in a row. And then you see the Warriors come up against. Toronto and look, the uh, 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 the injuries obviously hurt, but Toronto still wasn't as good. Yeah, as the Warriors, not even close. They just didn't have any anything left in the tank at that point. Um, but you guys went at, with Buffalo. You went to four consecutive Super Bowls, which means you played four extra games per year for four years. Right, that's a whole extra season in that four year period. That's got to that's got to wear on your players quite a bit, right? It does. Um. The media talks about a Super Bowl hangover mm. as though it were psychological. It isn't. It's physical. Because as you stated, when you go uh, to the playoffs repeatedly, I think we went to the playoffs all but two of the 14 years I was in Indianapolis. You, you, and you go deep into the playoffs. You're playing high leverage games. You're playing a month longer, in some cases, two months longer than everybody else. And then the offseason's awfully short, mm. and, and, and back you come all over again. So it's up to the head coach to really take care of the guys in preseason, uh, handle the practices and the games and their number of sla- snaps uh, well. Tony was a genius at that. And, uh, and you can get through it. Um, and, 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 but for uh, an ill-advised decision on a special teams play, uh, we would have gone to probably another Super Bowl in 10 when we got knocked out of the playoffs by the Jets on a, on a kickoff return mm. and set up the winning field goal. Um, but we didn't have, you know, we, we, uh, I'm, that might have been, been seven, rather. Uh, but, but we were one step from the championship game the following year after we won the Super Bowl. So um, Tony did a magnificent job of it. Of, of getting the team ready and recognizing that they were tired and, and needed rest. And uh, we were roundly criticized for it in our own media for sitting guys out at the end of the season and, 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 you know, and a quote, not playing to win every game and all of that kind of stuff. But you, you got to over now it's, this is taking place in the 17 game season context. Now you have to be able to have to be able to, uh, load manage yeah yeah for sure today's term i was going to ask you about that uh now that the game now that we've we've moved into a 17 game season what's that look like uh well you got to try and get you know if you figure 75 snaps a game Mm -hmm. you probably have to try and get somewhere between 75 and 100 snaps off for all of your starters before you hit the playoffs Mm -hmm. so how you do that is a subject, uh, you know, of, of another discussion, but uh, you got to do it. Otherwise, you won't reach the playoffs in a state where you can where you can be completely competitive. The object is to be as healthy as you can be in the playoffs. Now, the league office doesn't, you know, they don't applaud that. Um, they, they like to create the fiction that 17 games doesn't. It's, it's just another game. 
it's one less preseason game. None of that is real, I don't believe. But if you're a club trying to win the Super Bowl, you better be careful about getting your team to the playoffs as healthy and 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 as and in, in the best frame of mind that you can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's so. I, I'm just doing quick math here. A hundred snaps over the course of a 17 game season. That's six plays a game. You would want your yeah, starter to be out. That's right. That doesn't seem that's like right. that much. That's one one a peer, one a quarter plus two. Yeah, and then like, that's not even factoring in if you're if there's a, a good blowout, team. Yeah. yeah, garbage time that yeah. type of thing where they don't even need to be in. Yeah, but maybe they have. Uh, you know, they probably factor some of that garbage time in too. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think that that's a big deal. It's been a big deal in the NBA for a while since the early 2000s. They've been talking. Like people started resting guys. Mm-hmm. I think this uh, pop used to get in trouble for it with the Spurs a lot. Oh yeah, and then they made that rule where if you're on the road, uh, the presumption is that teams bought tickets to come see your best player, so you can't sit out your best player for no reason unless he's hurt. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like what the fuck? I should be able to manage my team the way I want. Right. Ultimately, <laughs> the 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 point of professional sports isn't to win games any more than the point of war is to win battles. It's to win the war. Right. To win the season. That's the whole point. Right. But I get it. It's still a business, so it's still entertainment. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the fine line that you have to walk. Well, it's entertainment, but it's also competition, and and people's jobs and livelihoods and careers are on the line. So you, you got to, as as a GM and as a head coach, you have to balance balance those competing and uh, those complete competing interests. Excuse me. Right. Um, it's it is a delicate balance. What I was gonna say. How I, I was curious about this because we were kind of joking about this the mm. other day about how uh, Eli Manning was like, "Sorry, San Diego, my dad said I can't play for you." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> how involved was Archie Manning in, in Peyton's draft? Uh, virtually nothing. I mean, I I, I talked. I might have talked with him once uh, prior to the draft, but but virtually nothing. It was all the interaction was all. Largely between Peyton and and us, yeah, and our coaches. I mean, I can't imagine Archie's going to feel the need to get involved when the best general manager and look uh, accolades. If accolades are uh, uh, mean anything, then you're the best general manager in the history of the NFL. And then Tony Dungy, you're like, all right, he can go play there. Yeah, right. I don't think Archie's got any. What the fuck is he going to say? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, hey, Elway did it to the Colts, right? That's it. It's it's yeah. That was a different that was call. Yeah. That, was a that, was before, that was before Jim Irsay and, uh, and myself and some others. They were still in but, Baltimore then, right? I think so, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Nobody wants to go to Baltimore. Yeah, that's Come fair. On, that's fair. Like, the Ravens are a good team, but I would not want to live in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, where do you live now, sir? Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, that's not a bad spot to be. I grew up in Greenville, yeah. just south of there. Yeah. Um, nice place. Do you go to the, go to the games? Used to, used to, I used to, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a little infirm right now. I'm mm. coming, I'm coming off surgery, but yes, we still keep our season tickets. And uh, uh, my 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 oldest son Christopher is the pro personnel pro personnel director mm. of the uh, uh, Washington football team, and they were here last weekend. So I was a little bit upset because I couldn't go to the game, but I'm still I'm still on the mend, and uh, doing that kind of stuff is kind of. Out of the out of the ordinary for me, but if I were up and around, I I, I go to a lot of them. Well, they're uh, it's it's been kind of a struggle for them this year, but they're. What do you think about? Uh, you said the best uh, ability is availability. Um, 
The Panthers might have one of the more dynamic running backs in the history of the NFL, but he can't stay on the field. McCaffrey, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't know that I've seen a guy come right out. Maybe, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Delco from Philly back in the day, the running back. Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook was great as well. But I don't think he was even as good as McCaffrey at being a dual threat. I, the only right? one I can remember coming out of college being that polished and like explosive was Reggie Bush. Yeah, Reggie Bush, yeah. Uh, but he didn't last very long. Did no, he? He, didn't, he didn't have <clears throat> the NFL, already the NFL's career that... He was around for a long time, but yeah, he wasn't the yeah, same yeah. guy. But I mean, th- th- we're talking about a guy, McCaffrey. Uh, he, his first three seasons came off without a hitch. The last two, he's been hurt in both of them. So it's like, uh, I know running backs get beat up really quickly in the NFL, but do you have, if you were the GM of that team right now, I know you don't want to armchair quarterback anybody, but uh, how do you assess that situation and decide to keep him or to move on or get more people in that position or what? Well, he's got a contract and it's not up for a while. So mm. um, his issue is not, you know, hasn't come to the fore yet, but they're doing it exactly right. They husband his number of snaps per game and a number of touches per game because, and, and the two are almost synonymous because you know, if he's in the game, he's getting the ball. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so somewhere or another. So uh, he's rarely a decoy. So, they they husbanded his appearances, excuse me, and uh, and they're doing it right, which means he's not going to be in every series. They're giving him probably I haven't charted it, but pr- somewhere along the line of two series a half off. So they're doing that right. Uh, and what they need to do is get a very reliable second back like a tony pollard exactly 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 makes sense split the carrots makes sense i mean he's uh when he's when he's on the field he's great so you want to keep him on the field as much as possible but to keep him on the field he's got to be healthy right right? yeah well that's 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 good insight well i guess it sounds like dallas is doing it right because they're getting about um a yard for every $1,000 from Tony Pollard and a yard for every $7,000 from uh, Ezekiel (laughs) Elliott right now. Just saying, don't pay running backs. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for your insight. We're going to get on with the pick section of this show. We appreciate you showing up. Uh, Bill Pullen, you are the best general manager. My pleasure. Let me me do a quick uh, plug for absolutely coming out called, uh, ironically enough, Super Bowl Blueprints. Uh, My co-author and I, Vic Carucci, talked to players and coaches from and, and, and owners from nine teams that were sort of icon, iconic during the seventies and eighties. And it, it's really an oral history. And what these guys have to say is incredible. Many stories that you've never heard before. And uh, it, it, it's, a, I, you know, obviously I'm involved with it. So a little bit biased, but, it's a great read because of the people that we have in there. Terry Bradshaw, mm. Bill Parcells, Steve Young, Tom Flores, uh, Mike Holmgren. Uh, it's, 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 and, and Doug, Doug Williams. It, it's a great, great book. So uh, it'll be on sale Monday uh, everywhere. So if you're a football fan, I think you'll enjoy it, especially as a Christmas gift for, um, for other fans. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll definitely read that one. I love all the people that you said right there. Yeah. 
Uh, it's like some. It's the who's who of football for the last forty years. Yeah, seriously. Uh, great. Well, thanks for coming out. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, definitely go check out the book Super Bowl Blueprints on Monday. Uh, that's actually Cyber Monday too, so you can probably get a good deal on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, sir. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. Let's get on with the picks, actually, boys. I want to talk about who pays for this podcast first. Uh, you can talk about me all you want. <laughs> You're handsome. Uh, People like you. Yeah. Uh, no, we got uh, some, some advertisers real quick. Uh, we're going to make some picks. We might as well talk about where we make the picks. And that is at mybookie.com. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful. Starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. That's a, that's a game I don't hate on Thanksgiving. Usually it's a fucking nightmare mm, yeah. lineup. Uh, but the, uh, bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet. And that's, uh, that's, that's no risk all gravy, as no one but this copy says. Uh, before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code DRINKINGBROS at MyBookie. That's promo code DRINKINGBROS to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000, so you won't need to break the wishbone uh, to come out ahead on this. Again, it's a free bet. It'll probably brighten up your Thanksgiving when your family's annoying the shit out of you. So free money, essentially. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie, and make sure to stick around. Uh, for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of uh, my book you'll have tons of like odds boosts and stuff and uh, yeah your pockets are going to get real f- filled up with that uh, but anything anytime anywhere with my bookie we also I, I fill up my pockets with uh, with uh, what are those things called pizza rolls yeah like the Totino's mm-hmm. which put- I think is better than uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite with the tater tots the tater tots like that's not going to work no but the those Totino's pizza rolls are made out of something that is indestructible. I don't know what it is, but it could sit out on the street for three years and you can still pick it up and eat it. Yeah. Which probably means you shouldn't, but we're not talking about should and could. I'm no. talking about I did. Yeah. Uh, and do. So That's tight. Pizza rolls are tight. Yeah, they are tight. Everybody likes pizza roll. Uh, ghost beds are also tight. I'll just uh, talk about them yeah. real quick because they got two sick deals running, plus a deal on top of that, actually. So they're doing their normal thing. Um where they have two ghost bed. If you don't know, it's like the best beds that have ever uh, been made in the world. Best box beds you can ever get, uh, like delivered right to your door. Don't bother going to some dumb strip mall or something. Like just you could sit, just sit at home and, and buy one online at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Uh, they're running two huge deals that they kind of always run because they're just very generous. Uh, the first one is a bundle deal where you buy one of their four mattresses, uh, mattress types, and then um, an adjustable base. You, and then you add on whatever you want from there, more beds. Um, Sheets, pillows, whatever. You're not an animal. You're not just sleeping on a naked mattress. Uh, whatever you need to add on to there, uh, you'll get 40% off at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros if you do the bundle package. It just has to start with a uh, mattress and adjustable base. Or if you want to shop a little more a la carte, that's fine too. Maybe you need like two mattresses, but you've already got uh, bed frames or whatever. Or you just want a pillow. Like you literally just want one pillow. Whatever uh, you put in your cart, you'll get 30% off if you use the promo code Drinking Bros at drinkingbros. at ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. And uh, for this week, since it's, you know, kind of Christmas shopping time or whatever, now through Cyber Monday, uh, Ghostbed is offering a free weighted blanket with any purchase of $1,000 or more. And this is a mattress situation, so you're probably going to mm-hmm. spend that most likely. Um, the the blanket's a $289 value, and it will be uh, automatically applied to your cart when you spend over $1,000. 
Um, and that's, you know, even with the code and stuff like that. So the, it's not, it's not like the dumb thing where it's like, oh, we're offering this deal, but not coupled with this deal. They're just like tossing all their fucking deals in there. Yeah. Like, giving you a lot of free shit, a lot of discounts. Uh, so free blanket now until Cyber Monday. So you got a couple days to do that. And again, you can finance these beds. It's like $35 a month, zero down, zero percent financing. Uh, made in America, 20 year warranty, all fun shit. Ghost beds dope. They are dope, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and tight. If you put two ghost beds together, like put them one on top of the other one, you can put uh, your uh, penis between them. Mm-hmm. And it'll stay cool because they're cooling mattresses. Yes. Uh, we've met the creators and uh, made, them watch us, made them watch us do that. Yep. I just wanted them to see that it could be done uh, more for myself, Yeah, I guess. But uh, anyways, NFL week is starting technically a little bit early this week because it'll be earlier in the day on Thursday, right? Right, yeah. It's Thanksgiving. We're giving thanks for finding the land we're on (laughs) (laughs) we did uh that's the most american of virtues being able to discover something that somebody already lives in right i I just discovered your house man (laughs) i am actually upset that we didn't say we discovered the moon when we landed on it uh what do we say that we just landed on it oh yeah that's stupid we should have said we discovered the moon well i mean what he actually said was one small step for man one giant leap for mankind but um you know I agree, I guess. And, uh, you know, we're doing a lot of apologizing for things these days. Not going to apologize for showing up and kicking somebody's ass. Sorry. (laughs) Sometimes this is how it goes, man. You should have fought harder if you wanted to keep your land. I I don't get this whole fucking debate. Land, people have been stealing shit from each other forever. And just because we were the last ones to do it, we're the fucking blame. Right. Like, fuck you, dude. Get out of here. I mean, they... Native Americans colonized the Americas too. They're not from there. Yeah, what did who who fucking uh, was here before then? I, they actually wiped out quite a bit of uh, native uh, species. Yeah, fuck them. No, yeah, giant sloths, man. <laughs> giant wait, <laughs> giant sloths. Yeah, uh, that's true. But uh, <laughs> there was uh, the, the Mothman. I think was here. Yeah, Mothman. Uh, number of mythical creatures actually, including Jesus. Yes, um, we're cruising around the Americas. Well, Adam and, and Eve. Uh, uh yeah, this, Jackson <laughs> County, Missouri. Uh, I don't. Brittany doesn't watch the sports show. I was going to talk shit. She's from the Lee Summit area. So, yeah, uh, she might be Jesus. She might be Eve. Like the fucking uh, what is it? The Da Vinci Code, where the woman is spoiler alert, <laughs> thirty years old. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is like descendant. Yeah, yeah, because he banged Mary Magdalene or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it would be funnier if, like, one day she just. Uh, hands you an apple and you see like a snake slithering out the door and like peeking back in and watching to see if you're going to eat it or not. Yeah. I mean, snakes aren't, to be honest, they're not very good at hiding. No, I haven't been uh, surprised by a snake in decades. Like when I was a child and I didn't know what they were, but now that I know what they look like and where not to go to encounter them, s- snakes don't break into your house and shit. They're no. not very good at it. So if you saw one, you could probably see like, if you're just going about your daily life and there's a snake trying to trick you, you're going to notice. <laughs> I think. I can't disagree with that. It's pretty sound logic. The logic is sound. Um, All right. So first game up is an abortion. It's it's the Bears at the Lions. To be honest, as inconsistent as the Bears are, this might be their the Lions only chance to win a game this season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus, Um, uh, Matt Nagy has allegedly lost the locker room. Oh, boy. I mean, I still I don't I don't know. I still don't know if that's enough to lose to the Lions, though. (laughs) Uh, We'll see. 
My um, tie. It's it's Chicago minus three. Honestly, I'm not gonna bet on this game, um, because it's gross. It's pretty bad. It's a Thanksgiving tradition like no other. Bet on the Lions. Yeah, it's the worst Thanksgiving tradition. What's the Lions' record in this game recently? I'll look it up overall. I mean, well, I, I guess the last couple of years, the last 10 years or so, they've had Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. and now they don't. Well, yeah, they were competent for like a few of those years. Mm-hmm. Like they made the playoffs once or twice, but yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to sprinkle a Lions money line at plus 140 just for shits, because it's, you know, you're no, you got nothing else to do at 1130 on Thanksgiving. I think you would be better off buying however much money that is worth of drugs. All the time, they are 37, 42, and 2. Mm. So under well, 500. Yeah, I, I would say Chicago minus three is probably safe, to be honest. Uh, the Lions are terrible. They're really bad. I don't care if he's lost the locker room or not. But right. I'm, not, I'm just, I'm just not going to bet that game. Uh, this game, I am going to bet. Yeah, I like this. Raiders at Cowboys, Dallas minus eight. What do you got on this? I'm just going to buy a point and take the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, that's probably they might safe. beat the shit out of the Raiders. Uh, it's not the funny thing is like I feel like the Cowboys are a pretty good team, but have no reason to be urgent because their division's so bad. Yeah. So you kind of never know week to like they're just like we just need ten wins and we're good because they're probably not gonna get a buy. I don't know what the standings are right now, but uh, I need to look at the standings again. But I mean, there's probably a, a ceiling on them. I, although I know the Bucks have kind of fallen back down to earth a little bit, but like. Yeah, I mean they're the same record as the Bucks and the and they're a half game behind the Packers, but even still, I feel like they're just they know they're in. But uh they the Raiders are awful. The Raiders are really bad, especially their run defense. I mean it's really it's like it's it's really bad. It's I think they're bottom 3 in the league in run defense. And uh they've the uh, Cowboys have Zeke and Tony Pollard as right. we were just talking about. I think this is probably a 10 point game. So I'm going to, I'm probably just going to, I'll probably take a point and take it to seven as well. But honestly, I think they cover eight. Yeah. Feel safe. Uh, next, we got the Bills <laughs> at the Saints on the night game on NBC. I like they added a third game. Yeah. Because although at this point, I'm actually usually watching college football because you got the Egg Bowl. Yeah. I think UT plays at some point. Yeah. There's usually, I mean, most white people are passed out. Yeah. By 7 30 because of tryptophan or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, I don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. What do you eat? Uh, brisket and ham. Okay. Like I, we, when you assholes come over to my house this weekend, I will have a honey baked ham, a big one, like an eight pound honey baked ham and a fucking brisket. I like the brisket. Yeah. You got a ham you guy? Can, you can keep the ham. It's uh, for for the most part, I agree with you, but honey baked ham is. Yeah. It's nice. I'm a, I'm actually a big proponent of uh, makes me it annoys me that ham and especially like a good thick cut of ham is not um a more frequent breakfast meat uh well i guess it depends on where you are right but even like the mcdonald's ham that they have it's like some stupid little piece of canadian bacon that's like, not real ham right that's that, not real meat fair that's like crickets and shit they ground up <laughs> snow uh snow piercer food yeah uh ivan huerta yeah i might i might stuff the brisket up the uh, turkey's ass that's a good idea i might do that i don't okay. know we'll see um did you see by the way <laughs> I think it was NBC News. They were talking about ways to deal with the fact that turkeys are more expensive. And one of the ways was just don't buy one and people <laughs> won't show up. Like, what the fuck what kind of advice is that? It's like, they remember how the, uh, the, um, 
uh, the the morning mon- our morning shows used to always give stupid travel tips. I think there was a yeah, thing about it in Thirty Rock. Yeah, they right? took a drink every time Matt Lauer said something yeah. inane about yeah. traveling. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that has flipped now, and they're just using that as a propaganda device. Yeah, like you don't need to see your friends and family. <laughs> I agree. By the way, I don't want to see my friends, right. and family, right. but whatever. Anyways. Uh- I don't but, necessarily agree. That, how, mu- how much are turkeys usually? Because they're like a, fucking know. It's like a dollar fifty a pound. People only buy it once a year. Yeah, literally. Uh, so Randall's was running a deal. If you if you're a Randall's member, by the way, that costs nothing. You just go up to the register and you're like, "Can I get a Randall's card?" Yeah. Uh, it's fifty. They were 50, their turkeys were fifty percent off. I got a twenty pound turkey for twenty three dollars. I saw them, and when you walk into Randall's over on whatever that road is right there. Oh, Brody. It's like yeah, Brody. Yeah. Uh, when you walk in, they have that display right there, and there's like fucking ten turkeys in there. Yeah, like big ones. Who who the fuck is missing out on turkey? Yeah, no one. I don't believe any of this shit. It's, Anyways, fuck the bills. Yeah, right. The bills have been reeling lately. I mean, what the Saints just got rolled by us? Yeah, the Saints suck. But I mean, the Bills only scored six points against the Jaguars, and then only scored fifteen points against the Colts. Right, they've they been. Good. They might be costing. What's their record against the spread? Because I feel like they are costing betters a lot of money. I bet they are. I bet they are. I mean, you got to think people bet the fucking house on them against the Jaguars. Uh, the Bills is a little, or the Colts is a little bit. Hmm. I guess more of a you never know kind of week. They're five three and one. So depending on how how you score it, either five three and one or five four and one or six and four. I guess, but. Yeah, they're five four and one now against the spread. Not okay. great. So five, yeah, like five hundred. Yeah, it's not great. Five four and one against the spread, but that's a team that probably sees more volume, hmm. right? Because they're fucking supposed to be good. Uh, probably when you say see more volume, I mean the spreads are bigger. I mean they get more money bet on them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So four, their four losses against the spread is yep. more damaging than like if the Raiders lost four games against the spread. Yeah, or some yeah. Shit. I mean up to last week they were like a top four favorite to win the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, not anymore. I would imagine, but they probably still should be. This happens every year to NFL teams. Do you know how rare it is for a team to have a wire to wire good season, regardless of who you are? Yeah. And it's just like the fucking media generates these narratives like, oh, is Pat Mahomes dead? Like, <laughs> no, he's not. They're fucking figuring out their offense in games that mean nothing. That's what's happening right now, you stupid bitch. Anyways, uh, this, is an, this is an interesting game, to be honest. The Saints just signed Taysom Hill to some weird-ass contract where he might make up to $95 million. Right. Right, but he shouldn't make any of that money because he's never doing anything. Yeah. And if you're if their goal is to bring in another quarterback to actually run that team for the next couple of years, what the fuck are you paying him forty million dollars for? Are you really like that's guaranteed, I think, forty million. Yeah. So you're you're paying a backup quarterback that sometimes does some other stuff like uh uh slash back of the day, whatever his name was. He's also a gunner on the punt return team, so <sighs> I don't care about any of this. Forty million dollars for that guy? Making Over, tackles. Yeah, know? no, fuck him. It's insane. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is is that the Bills need a big win right here. It's Bills minus five and a half. Um, I'll take the Bills minus five and a half. Here. I think so, too. And also, they are kind of like on again, off again. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> like, what, what, let's see what happened here. Well, that one game was the Jets, but. Right. I mean, but in their last four games, they pretty handily, I mean, they beat the Dolphins by two touchdowns. At, or, so, last six games. 
beat the Chiefs pretty handily by 18 points at yeah. home. That's crazy. Then lose to the Titans, who are some, for some reason giant killers, but then lose to dog shit teams. Then they beat the Dolphins by two scores. Great. Then they fucking lost to the Jags, and then they beat the fuck out of the Jets. Then they lost. To the, yeah, it feels like they're going to, this is, what was the line? Uh, five and a half. Oh, yeah. This feels like a, <laughs> this feels like a double digit win. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll take it at five and a half. I think that's yeah. safe. Yeah, I think so too. Um, first up on Sunday is Steelers at Bengals. Jesus Christ, uh, that's gross. Bengals probably gonna win this game. Uh, Cincinnati minus four and a half. I don't think so, buddy. It is they they against the spread are not good. So, yeah. Uh, I, I I'm not gonna pick the Steelers either. I'm not gonna bet this game. But I would be if you're thinking about betting this game and it's like, oh, the Bengals should win this game. They should win. Probably by three. Yeah. Uh, the four and a half, a uh, little out of my comfort zone. But I'm not, the, the Steelers suck so bad that I'm not even willing to take it to plus 10 and a half on a teaser because they could very well get beat by 30 fucking points in this game. You yeah. Know what I mean? This game's Fuck. all over the fucking Ugh, place. Gross. Right, let's skip that one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Steelers fans. But... Yeah. Pittsburgh's four and six against the spread. Cincinnati's five and five. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Two very, very good teams. This is, this is uh, one of the three exceptional games that are happening this week, and they're all a little bit different. Buccaneers at Colts. Um, two very good defenses, two teams that have a pretty decent run game. Um, what do you think is going to happen here? It's, it's Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Uh, Tampa Bay was kind of cruising earlier in the year, and now they're really actually having to play to, to get a bye. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they need to fucking win this game. Like, it's, this isn't like a, well, you know, it's another good team. Hopefully we win or whatever. Like, they're in a place now where I don't think they, like, they're kind of fucked at seven and four. I feel a, like. a, a little, yeah. I mean, they, they've, they've <laughs> since they've gotten their act together, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, they've lost to two shitty teams. Yeah. So when really good teams lose to shitty teams, that doesn't really bother me that much. That's just a lack of concentration or something weird happened or whatever. Um, last night against the Giants, they looked okay. They played three quarters of football last night. Right. They still didn't play a full game. It should have been 45-0, but whatever. Or 45-10, rather. Uh, at the Colts, the Colts are going to give them a challenge, and I think that's where they actually play their best football. So, yeah, I mean, Buccaneers two and a half, that's probably good. I I don't know. I think they win. I will say this though: the the back the rest of the Bucks schedule is pretty fucking shitty. They play the Bills at home, and other than that, it's Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Mm. So they've got some breathing room. Well, the Colts' number one fucking weapon is their run game, and Jonathan Taylor is having a very very good year. Like he's it's he he's way better. He, he's the guy we saw in his sophomore year, not the guy we saw in his junior year. Yeah. Right? Uh, which is good for Indy because they got a great deal on that motherfucker where they drafted <laughs> him. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Bucks give up 78 rushing yards per game. Pretty good. 78. That's 10 less than anybody else. Yeah. And it's about fucking 50 less than the Chargers give up. Um, I think that in matchups like that where your fucking best – asset neutralizes the other team's best asset you probably have an advantage mm-hmm. uh, and then also you have tom brady yeah i like this because they only I mean they only have to win by a field goal right two yeah. and a half is a pretty friendly line colts are kind of middle of the road defensively i mean they they don't give up uh too many points but they give up a lot of uh yards i guess 
particularly in the passing game. So right. I think maybe the points thing is almost like it's like the batting average on balls in play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of situation like maybe you're just unlucky sometimes. Uh, or maybe the other team is lucky and, and they have to settle for field goals or miss field goals in point scoring situations or whatever it is. Uh, I, I've got, I'll take Tampa Bay two and a half right yeah, here. I like that too. I talked myself into it. I like that too. I mean, the Colts could easily win this game, but I, I, yeah. I think if like, if you had to, if you had to play this game 10 times, the Buccaneers win by three. Yeah. <clears throat> Six out of 10 times. Something Probably. Like yeah. That. yeah. Uh, next up is Panthers at Dolphins. Don't watch this. Mm, this is bad. I mean, I, I don't know who's active for both of these teams. But I know that they suck. Dolphins won three straight. Fins up. I, shut up. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Tua's turning it around. They, two against the Texans. They beat and the Jets. Texans and Jets. I don't know what happened with the Ravens, but uh, man, th- this team is fucking terrible. The Dolphins make me sleepier than all the retirement homes in that fucking state. Yeah, like I just get so goddamn bored thinking about the Miami Dolphins. It, and then I don't know. I'll root. I'll root for Bill Pullian's kid and take take the fucking Panthers at minus one and a half. They should win the game. Like they're be, they're. I know the records are kind of the same, but like the Panthers are better. Uh yeah, they're they're quite a bit better, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything, especially no. this year. Um, let's see. Let's look at two of his last couple of games. Against the Jets, he was 27 for 33. That's pretty good. 81.8% completion percentage. He's back. He's, yeah. We just needed to play the Jets every week. Yeah. That's all. Shit. Um, he's had good games against... Uh, he didn't really play much there. I think he's been weirdly like pretty competent all season. Well, I mean, look, against Atlanta and Jacksonville and the Jets, yes. Against other people, not so much. Right. But we'll see. The Panthers' defense is pretty good. Uh, I'm still. I'm not gonna bet this game. No, this is for junkies. Yeah. Here, uh, here's another game I really like though. This game's awesome. Uh, Titans at Patriots. This is two of the teams that I think are in serious contention for winning the AFC this year. Yeah, as long as the Titans don't have to play the Texans. Yeah, I know, right? Jesus Christ, there. But that's that? that's again. I, I just don't judge a good team by losing to shitty teams. I don't care about that. That is that's meaningless to me. Like they lost to the Jets and the Texans. Those are two of their three losses this year. Those that to me that shit doesn't even count. That's just a lack Shows of focus. They, yeah, they don't focus. Yeah, but who they, they're not going to. They're going to focus against Bill Belichick. Uh at any rate, this is New England minus six and a half. I think that's probably a little high. Yeah. Uh, I think it should be uh New England probably to bait people minus three and a half mm-hmm. because it's probably gonna be a three point game. So I'm gonna take the Titans at plus six and a half. Um Good teaser game. Yeah, it, I mean, you could take it up to twelve. You could take it up to Titans twelve and a half, or or Patriots or, half point. You're a Patriots half point. I'm good with either of those. Yeah, those are both good bets. Because um, I think I think the Patriots will win this game by a field goal. I don't think they're going to win by seven. Yeah, I do think they win. They're on a fucking roll right now. Now I'm just kind of hoping that, even though I still think the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of hoping for Patriots Bucks. It like, would be hilarious. That's what we all want, really. Yeah. Like if you don't have a rooting interest in a team. Just that's you want something Man, fucked up like that. That would be the I'm telling you, that would be the most watched Super Bowl ever. Yeah. People that didn't know what football was before that would be watching fucking uh, the Super Bowl. I, I mean, what is it, like 120 million people a year watch it? Something crazy like that, yeah. This might be the first billion. Yeah. No, actually to get to get a billion to watch the Super Bowl, you need a Chinese dude playing. For real. <laughs> like you would need a Chinese quarterback or some shit. Which yeah. would be fucking that'd be dope. Because then people wouldn't care about soccer anymore. 
It would just, what, it, like would just China? Be, it would just be Europe and South America at that point. Yeah, but then some Chinese official would touch his thigh, and then he'd complain yeah. about it, and then <laughs> and then he'd get killed. And then he would disappear, and then <laughs> he would he would do an awkward video chat where you could see the shadow of a gun in the background <laughs> or some shit like that. There's no way that shit was legit, right? No. Fuck out of here. No. It reminded me of that, that Taliban news guy who's got those two wonky-eyed uh, yeah. dum-dums pointing the AKs at him while he's fucking giving the speech. It's, Everything's fine. We're good here, it's, folks. It's fucking Avery Jessup on yeah. North Korean news. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, next up is one of the grossest games of the week. Eagles at Giants. It's Philly minus three and a half. We're back. Don't waste your money on this game. Although the, the Eagles are very good on the road, four and two on the road. I'll take the Eagles here. Maybe I'll buy a half point just to be safe, but I like the Eagles to fucking roll the Let's Giants. Let's see who they beat on the road. Giants just fired their offensive coordinator because Jason Garrett is not good at coaching football. He's uh, good no. at clapping. No, the only reason Jason Garrett ever got a job is because that other dude got caught with a gun in the fucking airport. What was his name? Switzer? Yeah, Barry Switzer. Yeah. Otherwise, he would still be there probably. <laughs> Uh, you know how loyal Jerry Jones is. Yeah. Like, he would, Barry Switzer would still to, be there. To a fault. My yeah. favorite Barry Switzer story is how uh, when Trump was running, I think, in 2016, mm. Barry Switzer was seen leaving Trump Tower, and everyone was like, oh, my God, is Barry Switzer... Like, first off, he's been retired for, like, 20 years. Like, oh, my God, is Barry Switzer going to uh, vote for Trump and, like, all this stuff? Or is he going to endorse <coughs> Trump and stuff like that? And then someone finally interviewed him, like, two days later. Mm. Not even interviewed it's him. It's a hotel, bro. He was like, I went in there to get a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two days of people being like, is the Barry Switzer endorsement imminent? Does anybody, what, what athlete could endorse a candidate that would make you change your mind on who you were voting for? I literally have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So fucking shut up, bunch of bitches. Uh, that, don't waste any of your money on this game. It is not a real game. Uh, with and there are no consequences in this game except for the fact that if the Cowboys keep doing dumb shit, uh, they could fucking lose the division again. Yeah, or somebody with a losing record could win that division. Mm. Like legit this year, it could be an eight and nine team. That'd be really funny. That's what I want. They're like it's just it's like if the SEC was terrible. Yeah, that's what the NFC East is. It's depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Uh, speaking of depressing, Falcons at Jaguars, even. <laughs> even money guys here's your chance i actually love this like falcons all the way i'll take this any day Pro- probably yeah yeah that's I mean, actually pretty good oh god i don't know if i can do even do that though no it's terrible this first off these logos look like this is like a movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's two fake teams it's an any given sunday direct to dvd sequel like i just hate these franchises how how is it that so the last three weeks um Trevor Lawrence has thrown the ball 60, 86 times, and he has no touchdowns and no interceptions. Like, how, how, what are the chances of that? It's because he plays in Jacksonville. That's- yeah, Rob just doesn't like a newcomer coming in and stealing the show. <laughs> for, for who? Jacksonville. Yeah, I yeah. guess. That's a reference to that homeless lady. I feel like we should start <laughs> the same way we do with college football, break this up into real football games and not outside the top 25. Literally. Because this game, we, we shouldn't even be talking about this no, right now. No, it should just be like the five best games of the week and then we'll just do a dumpster yeah. show. But the Falcons probably win this game. I think so. Uh, so there you go. I can get you on board my uh, whole campaign for professional sports to limit the amount of teams. Like There should be 12 teams in every pro pro league 
I think there should be minor league football. So there should be 12 teams in professional football. They should have a relegation and promotion yeah. thing like uh, European soccer does. I'm down with that. Yeah, that would be way better. Yep. Same. I thought that was the Canadian League. No. No, the Canadian no. League just has their like 10 teams. The only, Canadian League is people have, Only a few people have popped over from there. I think, uh, didn't Kurt want to play one year before he went to Arena Ball or something? I think it was oh, in maybe. Europe. He maybe, did play in NFL Europe. Maybe it was, yeah. Uh, what day would they play on though? This like they amateur play, uh, football. They would play on probably fucking Friday, I guess. Yeah, Canada's where you go when you're like you have nowhere else to go. Like Ricky Williams went there for a year because they let him smoke weed. Yeah, up there. smoking weed. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he never played Canadian football. Who? Kurt Warner. Uh, so just arena. Just arena. Yeah. <clears throat> well, either way, yeah, they're not doing that. I, I I agree with you. There's too many teams. Speaking of too many teams, the Jets and Texans should not exist. The, these this these games being back to back just on the list of games is it's too much to bear. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, I why do they put those? ESPN should know better than this than to put those two next to each other. Yeah, I, the the Houston doesn't deserve a football team. That and I don't mean the city necessarily, but yeah, also the city. First of all, that city sucks. That city is fucking terrible. Houston's trash. Yeah, it is garbage. And this is, this is 100% the worst managed franchise in all of professional sports. Probably, I think at this right? point, I mean, the Jets are the only other one that could make an argument, so it's the dog yeah. shit management bowl. So what are they doing? I don't understand uh, what the fuck is going on with Deshaun Watson. They could have traded him at any point for anything and gotten more than what they've done. Yeah. Like the 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 uh, the word on the street before the season and even in the early part of the season was they were asking for too much. Anything is too much. <laughs> well, you're I mean, not playing him. Up until this point, they had a, like a fucking youth pastor run their entire organization. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, any player that you traded him for that played one snap has brought you more value than Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I don't know what they're waiting for, but we're not waiting for this game. I'm no. not betting on this. Fuck this game. Chargers at Broncos. This is uh, kind of two middle-of-the-road teams. I think the Chargers are better than their record. They, they are, yeah, but they're, they're inconsistent in the way that you don't want a team to be inconsistent. They, right. they, lose, games. they, they lose games against good teams they should win. Yeah. Uh, I think Herbert's still a little young. Um, but they're good on the road. The Broncos suck at home. It's uh, Chargers minus two and a half. I'll take that action. Yeah, I like that too. I think they win but, well, at least a field goal. I know the Broncos, you know, stacked back to back wins against the uh, you know Washington and, and the Cowboys. But like everything before that is pretty grim. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know what anyone thinks they're going to do. I think the, Char- the Chargers are a genuinely like good team, and I think. I don't know. Maybe they've just had a tough record at the start. Although, they, I mean, they, they lost to the Cowboys. But, yeah, they caught the Patriots when the Patriots started rolling. At Baltimore is not easy, even though they got the shit kicked out of them. Their only, their only egregious loss is to the Vikings, right? Like, they've, they've played, you know. Yeah, but the fucking Packers just lost to the Vikings, too. That's Kurt, Kurt Cousins bullshit. Yeah. Like, he's going to show up and pop you every now and again. He yep. just throws haymakers, and it sometimes works out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we'll get to them in a second. Uh, well, I guess we could do this now. Vikings at 49ers. It's San Francisco minus three. You don't see the Vikings string together back-to-back lately, but that kind of has been 
Kirk Cousins' MO over the years is where they play like they'll have a good three or four game stretch and everyone's like, oh, he's going to do it. And then all of a sudden they lose eight games in a row. Right. <laughs> um, he's on a good run right now. 49ers are good. They're <sighs> also better than their record. There's a lot of teams that have just really middled this year as compared to what their talent Well, the, fo- the 49ers have been dog shit at home, um, but they've played the Packers at home, Seahawks at home, and the Seahawks still had legs, uh, the Colts at home, uh, and the Cardinals. A couple of weeks ago, and they just got they got lit up in every single one of those games. Yeah, um, not necessarily lit up, but they they lost them pretty pretty handily. So pretty impressive win against the Rams, though. Uh yeah, that's a good one. We'll get to the Rams in a second, but I think San Francisco minus three. I don't know about that. Kirk Cousins is on his bullshit right now, and I don't. He's he's cost me money before. Yeah, by actually showing up to games, I didn't think he was going to. This so. is a this is a real tricky game. I don't have any read on. It's a coin flip to me. What do you got, Dan? Vikings. I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, next up, speaking of the Rams, Rams at Packers. This is probably the best game of the week. Yep. Um, even money. Even money, yeah. So they're saying that the Rams are better than the Packers uh, because they're playing in Lambeau, and usually you get about a normal away game. You're, you're getting about three, two and a half, three. At Lambeau, you get four, four and a half, right, because right? it's so fucked up to play there. Um, We'll see. I, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm going to take the Packers here as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers, actually. I just like to talk shit about him. But um, I'm going to take the Packers here because I, I think that uh, OBJ is cancer. <laughs> Honestly. Wait, is or has? Um, either way. Yeah, that's fine. I don't know if he has cancer, but I think he is a cancer to any football team he shows up to. Yeah. Um, it's, it's beyond fucking personality differences at this point way beyond it he just wants everything he at first it's like why don't you throw the ball? i feel like if he got 20 targets a game he'd start complaining that like matt stafford wouldn't let him fuck his wife yeah you know what i mean yeah. like it's just always not there's never enough for yeah. obj yeah yeah you gotta shit on me more <laughs> fuck uh yeah that's i that's my read on this i think the packers win this game i think that the uh you're gonna see uh Either the Rams as a team will fall apart or he will get shuffled aside. It'll be one of those two things. He's absolute cancer. Uh, weather, pr- fairly cold, 38 degrees. So It's not bad. No precipitation, though. So, you know, I mean, that football guys like that kind of weather. I mean, um, yeah, but if you're... Stafford played in Detroit for a long time. He's played in the NFC North quite a bit, so he's played at this stadium probably fucking 10 times. That's true. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe not ten, but probably six or seven. It'll it'll be freezing by the time the game's over. Oh yeah, big by time. the end of the game. Yeah. So I mean, it's weird. I like because you do you do see that a lot. Where I don't think it's as pronounced as it used to be, but like dome teams and shit like that mm. just don't do well when the when there's actual like elements. Basically, just even when it's cold. Like that was Manning's biggest knock, right? Yeah, he fucking withered in cold weather. Yeah, and then had the luck of like <laughs> playing one of his Super Bowls in New York. <clears throat> well. It all worked out in the end. Yeah, he's okay. I suppose. Uh, yeah, I, I, who got on this, Dan? I don't care. How do you not care about the good game? And but you're like, dude, because the Eagles are back, and that's yeah. all of his attention is on. Yep, there. yep, yep, yep. We're on to. Uh, I, I believe I saw the Eagles schedule. It's like fucking two games against the Giants, a game against the Jets, two games against Washington. Those are all winnable. Go. <laughs> Don't let us get hot. That's not what Eagles sound like. 
That close, means, close enough. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, uh, I will say I think the Packers at home probably win the game. Yeah, I think that's right. I would take that. I mean, Although, if you're, if Mason you're gonna, Crosby can't fucking kick anymore. No, he can't. If you're going to give me even money on the Packers at home, though, against pretty much anybody, I'm going to take it. Yeah. It's hard, it's hard to win there. I think um, that's fair. Browns at Ravens, rivalry game, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Baker Mayfield's uh, performance hasn't been that great ever in his life, and uh, his wife doesn't understand why the rest of the team isn't performing. I well, guess. that's a common complaint of the quarterback's wife, right? Yeah. My husband cannot catch and throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, he, I don't know what the, the stats on this are, but just from watching the games this season, I would say Dak deals with drop passes way more than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, right? pro- probably. Like, and tipped, tipped balls. Yeah, I mean, how many passes, as, as good as he is, but CeeDee Lamb drops at least two balls a game. Yeah, yeah, he's... That dude, if he was in high school, he would have a duck, uh, ball duct taped to his hands going back and forth to class and shit. Um, <clears throat> at Baltimore, minus three and a half for Baltimore. What do you got on this? Uh, I love that. Might take a half point, but I think Baltimore is way fucking better than the Browns. Like, yeah, roll. Absolutely. They're, I know, like, you get some weird results with the, with the Ravens, but, I mean, the Browns just fucking suck. Lamar Jackson's listed as questionable. Um, sickness yeah he's got this last game non-covid illness but they don't know they haven't said what exactly it is um i don't Huntley know that, looked okay i don't know what that means what, illness I'm, it says non-covid illness what the fuck is that does he have the flu i guess that just means he doesn't have to sit out a certain amount of time once he's better mm-hmm. right um i'm looking at the pass drop passes leaders by the way and it's not who you would think, really? Who is it? Uh, Chargers number one, and that, but the Chiefs are number four. Maybe that's just a product of volume. Yeah. Um, Browns right down the middle. Uh, Cowboys actually right next to the Browns. They both mm. have eleven drop passes on the year. So pretty fascinating. Marquise Brown for the Ravens is also questionable. Uh, he was he was out this past week, and he's. Uh, he he practiced once this week so far, I think. Or no, that that's from last week. So he hasn't practiced at all this week. He's listed as questionable right now. So basically, you need to wait to the game time. Yeah, I would wait on this one until probably Thursday, maybe Friday. Um, probably the, probably actually Friday because they're not going to make a decision on. Yeah, I think well, the Browns cover three and a half, lose by three. Maybe yeah. I, I, if it's there's no reason to not buy a half point on a three and a half spread. Like, in, in my opinion, because then you'll because I, I mostly do it just because I don't want to be fucking angry at myself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to bet this game's gross. Uh, speaking of gross, Monday night football, Seahawks at Washington. I guess you could have before the season thought this was going to be a good defensive matchup. Two top NFC teams didn't work out that way. No, uh, Washington is reeling right now, and I think it's only going to get worse for them. Just one. Just beat Carolina. Okay. Nobody cares yeah, they're on that. a two-game win streak, actually, because they beat the Bucks right before that. Heineke just but, going off. But, I mean, they're all, they are two and six in their last eight games. Didn't they just... Didn't, I'm sorry, two and four in the last six games. They just lost Chase Young for the year. Mm. Yeah. Russell Wilson's been... Talk about reeling. He's lost yeah, no shit. Sure. Yeah, he's First time in his career right now. It's terrible for his brand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see... Eh. I'm not betting this dog shit. 
What did uh, ESPN do to the NFL? What do you mean? They just keep feeding them just the worst Monday night games. It was, it's, I don't know, before the season, this is not a bad game, but if you know. Every year, though. But yeah, look at, look at this game, or look at the, uh, the games that are happening this week. Rams at Packers. Why is this not the fucking Monday night football game? It's Honestly. weird to me. It's none of those games are even or at least Sunday the, night. At least a night game, yeah. What yeah. the fuck, man? I mean, that, I, understand, uh, I understand games that are on Thanksgiving or whatever, but that's not any of the ones we're talking about. The Bucks, Colts, Rams, Packers, and... Uh, 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 Pats, Titans. Pats, Titans. Any of those games could have been the Monday or Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. I feel like Fox has the most power, so that's their big game. That's their slot. That's their game of the week. It's yeah. always at 325. Maybe. So that's for whatever reason, Fox seems to get first pick. Well, either way, it worked out. And it worked out for the Cardinals, too, because they got a bye this week. And uh, Kyler Murray hasn't been healthy in like a fucking month. Yeah. He's like, been butt fucking my fantasy football team. <laughs> you got Colt McCoy? Uh, no, good. Thanks. Uh, I actually have t- Teddy Bridgewater as my backup, and uh, he's been doing pretty well. It gets you numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's better than a replacement level guy. So. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm still it. getting my ass kicked, though, the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, that's just how it is, man. That's how it is. Is there going to be a work stoppage in baseball? Uh, I don't know. No, that's why no one's signing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it fucks anybody over who's injured. So for the Braves, for example, Acuna is rehabbing and Charlie Morton is rehabbing from that broken leg. If there's a work stoppage, they can't rehab at team facilities. They have to come out of their own pocket and do that right. stuff, which is what it is. But it's better if you're seeing your team doctor that's been your doctor for this entire time. Yeah. Like you, you literally, it's against the rules for you to use the doctor you've been using this yeah. whole time at that point. That's really fucking stupid. So hopefully they avoid that shit. Yeah. You would think there would be some sort of like, you know, kind of like clause where it's like, yeah, there's a work stoppage, but you can still, yeah, I don't know. it's even <clears throat> like, even if there's a work stoppage, like that's not going to make Acuna unsigned to the Braves. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like even if yeah. the Braves want to fuck the player or the teams want to fuck the players over in other ways or something like that, they're only really fucking themselves over if they're not letting their stars like heal yeah. correctly. Uh, speaking of healing correctly, uh, this guy hasn't. Philip Lindsay just got cut by the Texans. I assume he's going to get picked up pretty fast by somebody. Uh, probably by the Titans, right? Like they need some running back help now that homeboy's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, they're probably going to need some kind of committee situation, or maybe the Panthers pick him up or somebody like that. But you can probably get him on the cheap, and half the season left, he's probably going to get you four or five hundred yards. It's not a bad pickup. Yeah, in my opinion, uh, and and that's fun for him. He gets to not play for the Texans anymore. Yeah, no shit. I'm sure, like the the. Uh, ESPN article says, oh, he got released from a crowded backfield. <laughs> crowded with whom, motherfucker? <laughs> what are you talking about? Your team is terrible. Uh, anyways, yeah. Hopefully, so he, he's going through the waiver uh, process right now. You assume, if, if you pick him up on waivers, then you have to pay his contract. Yeah. If you let him clear waivers, then they pay the guaranteed money, and then you, you have a new deal with him. Right. Or he gets a prorated um, veteran minimum or something like that, right? Uh, so, yeah, nobody's going to claim on waivers. I think, uh, shit, the Saints may even fucking pick him up. Who knows? Get both of their running backs in one year. Mark Ingram and fucking Philip Lindsay. Who knows? So many teams this year just suck. Yeah. That half the league should be looking at him. Like, get yeah. anything. He's legit. I mean, he's, he started off his career with 2,000-yard seasons. He got hurt and... uh 
that uh, played kind of, I mean, he played 11 games in the 20 season, but it was like, you could tell he wasn't really right that whole year. Yeah. And then he sat out the rest of the five games. And this year he's been playing on the Texans. You can't use that as a fucking measure of anything except for his fucking patience, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's uh fuck man. <clears throat> I, I would sign him. If I needed a backup running back right now, I would definitely sign this guy. Yeah. 100%. <sighs> Anyways. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. Um, tune over, uh, tune in on over to our main channel, Drink It Bros. We're going to have Jared Taylor on to discuss some weird shit going on in the news lately. And uh, maybe not even anything specific. We may just talk about buttholes. You never know. Yeah. But Jared's going to zoom in. Uh, we'll start that at 4 p.m. Central. So, see you in hell.